This is the Impossible Things Podcast. Here are three average guys discussing the impossible. Jesse Human, Jimmy Donahue, and your host, Kyle Cole. Okay. Welcome back to the Impossible Things Podcast. Yes, uh, welcome. Who, who are you? Good question. Who? Oh, I'm Jesse. Oh, Jesse. Yep. I'm Kyle. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> Right. We're getting a bit loopy. This is a fourth fourth session in a row. It's a marathon. This is have we ever done four? I don't think we've ever fully made four in a row. I don't know if we've ever done three. Yeah, that's true. Have we? Actually, come to think of it, no, we did three. We've okay. done three before, but not four. Certainly not four. This is crazy. It's so crazy. This is craziness. I sense that. You know what? You're revolting. Well, I'm not sure how to take that. You should take sure. it as it is. It's an insult. Um, I'm not trying to insult you. Grammatical grammatical clarification, please. We're not going to bother beating around the bush anymore. We're talking about revolution. Revolution. So what do we mean when we say revolution? Is revolution the only solution? Mm. I don't I know. Think, you want to rap about it? I think it's the... <laughs> I feel like you need to. <laughs> so, Others have done that better than I can do. <laughs> Lin-Manuel, the Broadway composer Indeed. of the Hamilton musical. Ah, uh, yes. That man can rap about revolution. Indeed. He does. Different story. <laughs> Completely different story. But that is the question. Is revolution the only solution? Last week... Solution to what problem? Or 10 minutes ago, we discussed utopian society. Agreed. And what what is it? And uh, mostly, what is it? And is it possible? Yeah. We agreed that... Well, I guess the, the conclusion of our discussion is not really relevant mm -hmm. because this is how do we get there. This is a... Is it possible to use this to get there, I think? Okay. Are we, so revolution, are we talking violent overthrow of a government? Um, I think revolution revolution is thrown around in so many different contexts. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that that's what we're talking about. We're talking about it in the traditional American revolution, French revolution. It, yeah. it is a violent overthrow of status quo of government and yeah. reinstitution of a different Status quo. Cool. Would you agree that that's what we are discussing? That's a good definition for me. I'm good with that definition. Fair, fair. So, that being said, your your first question in our outline was, huh. is it the, the possibility of peaceful changing of the government? I feel like that is, in my mind, that's a, progress, that's a progression, is that that would be the first and primary means of choice, is that you don't like the way things are, at least in the United States, which is where we're centering this discussion. But vote. Vote. Vote in Go your, out and vote. Yeah. And you know what? When your vote is represented by people, <clears throat> electoral college, and you don't agree with that vote, and you don't agree with that system that has been put in place, and you can't vote against the system, yep. you're only really left with forcible change. That So that's a good caveat to the, to the definition is it's a system that you're overthrowing, that you're revol revolting against. It's not necessarily the people in government. It's the government itself itself correct the system however the system is implemented by people so people are inherently flawed in my mind from my perspective right but the system wants to perpetuate itself sure which is why we see the same presidential candidates same cycle type. after cycle i mean they, well, they have different names and faces but they're the same yeah absolutely different hot topics different issues sure. different pandering i mean if you want to get down to the details sure but they all, you know, government, every system wants to keep itself. Well, and I mean. That's like, that's the nature of systems. That's the nature of, we discussed this recently. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah, this sounds very familiar. Well, I mean, we were talking about it in the form of uh, diseases. Living organisms want to perpetuate their, their own existence. Right? Correct. Yes, that was it. That was it. However, I think what the existence is seems to be what has changed, though, is that it, this is my understanding. Correct me if I'm wrong. My understanding is, is that the American system of government was set in place and set up to be a freedom from the monarchy, from one person controlling every aspect of government, unchecked, unaccountable, not representative of the people of the nation. Uh, so we, we set up the American Republic, rep, Democratic Republic, whatever you want to, however you want to yeah. describe it, what America was set up as in 1776 is what it was. Checks and balances. There's, you know, three branches of government. Like, I mean, it, it kind of evolved into being that, but that's the traditional perception of American government, in my opinion. Right. The president doesn't have supreme power. The Congress and House of Representatives don't have supreme power. The judicial branch doesn't have supreme power. However, the three together can make a decision or not, or in the case of what it is now, those people, those representatives of the people mm -hmm. can be bought by organizations or can be influenced by organizations. Call it what you want, but I think they're being bought. And I think that the incentive is, is to keep that status quo going. Yeah. And that it being said, for, them, for the buyers, absolutely. That being said, it's very much, we, we find ourselves, this is my perspective. We find ourselves in a very animal farm esque George Orwell novel. Go read it. Mm, yeah. Uh, situation here where the government was set up to break free from the monarchy, the farmer in the sense of the, 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 um, the Orwellian okay. view on this. Yep. So, they set up and then eventually the system that gets set up in place in animal farm ends up becoming what it overthrew that there is a ruling class separate from the rest of the class. And that's where I feel like we find ourselves now is that we have politicians who are supposed to be representative of particular parts of the country. Yeah. And they are allowed to make laws that don't apply to themselves. They're allowed to make exceptions for themselves to laws. Mm-hmm. They are allowed to choose to do things, and we have no, we have no active, no active choice in the matter about what they do, short of electing them. But then once we get them out of office, for whatever reason, we're still paying them a salary. They're still subject to free education for their children when nobody else in the country is subject to that. They are subject to a different healthcare system, also completely free to them, that nobody else in the country is subject to. And so that kind of seems very disjointed to me. And so if the only way to get rid of those the get rid of that as a problem would be to elect other people that doesn't really work though right who wouldn't want that right because you want to perpetuate what benefits you and if you have the choice to do that nobody can really do anything mm -hmm. then i guess the only solution is to overthrow that system but when what system doesn't when there's a group of people making laws what system has that group of people i guess it's uh i'm not saying it very well but who What's to stop the next group of who people from make, doing yeah. it? Yeah. No. And, and what, how do we know it wouldn't even be even worse? Well, I mean, we see in, this in my mind is, is disincentivizing that, yeah. that idea is that, okay, so in the example I just gave, like, okay, I can go serve currently in today's, today's current governmental state, mm -hmm. I can go serve one term in Congress. I will receive a salary or a pension or whatever the hell you want to call it the rest of my existence. I will get access to a different healthcare system, access to different education for my kids and that is there so why aren't you running for office right why wouldn't anybody run for office because that system is rigged is that 
The only people who ever become politicians in this country, seemingly, are lawyers or people who were local politicians who have worked their way up in the system to become congressmen, representatives in the House, or the president. And there's no way for me to just out of the blue in this country go and run for the presidency. And the reason there's no way for me to do that is because presidential elections are marketed to the American public by people who pay for presidential candidates' campaigns, campaign donations, et cetera, et cetera. It's hard to not think that if a big company, a big large company or a body of companies or organization of companies pay for a politician to get elected, pay to market a politician, that that politician won't make decisions that are beneficial to the people who got them elected or who will get them elected again. Right. So in my mind, putting a pretty hefty term limit on things and then making it non-incentivized. Yeah, I mean, i.e., okay, you get elected to Congress. You can only have two terms, lifetime ever, and you don't receive a salary after that. And then any benefit you had while you were in Congress, quote-unquote, serving the people, you don't get after you're out of Congress. So the most you, the most damage you could ever do, quote-unquote damage, would be six years' worth of damage. But ever. they'll never vote that in. Of course not, because the so, people who vote on things like that are the people in those offices. Receiving the benefits, i said. So therefore, that circular system, the only way to break that cycle would be to go in and forcibly remove those people and set up things in place that would do that. If the law of entropy is true, then that system will break itself down. and Agreed. It's just a reset button. So is, is revolution the only solution? Do we um, have to go and tear down our form of government and set up something different? I think we need to reinforce the ideals that our government was set up with. And I would love to think if I was, you know, a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed individual, I would love to think that if we just voted the right people in or if the people were able to actually vote on laws that would control the representatives without the representatives getting a say in it, because that's how is that not self-serving, then we could fix the problem peaceably and it would just be the new normal. And all we would be doing would be, we wouldn't be changing our governmental stance. We would be reinforcing the ideals of what the government was set up for because our government was set up to be by the people for the people. And currently it's by a ruling class for themselves. It is not for the people. I don't see how you get around it. It's it, there's always going to be a ruling class. Well, I think that's what Orwell was really alluding to yeah. with animal farm is that you can, overthrow a system and set up a better system that does better everybody's lives, but it won't last. Yeah. Human nature doesn't allow for that. That's what I think Orwell was really driving home with Animal Farm. Again, a very short book, not public domain, but worth the $2 you can buy a copy for. For sure. So, I do we so do we think that this is do we think that revolution is possible nowadays in America? In, in the United States? Yeah. No. I think we've been so We've discussed this in a different context, but we're just comfortable enough as as the majority mm-hmm. of citizens, the middle class, the shrinking middle class. Yeah. I don't think middle class is shrinking. I think what we've known as the middle class is being redefined. And I, no, the, the terms are, the numbers are changing. So what we would consider a middle class income is just being shrunken. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's a poor definition. Maybe the middle class really is shrinking. Well, and maybe maybe by the numbers, I and mean, you could make that case. Maybe the middle class isn't isn't as ideal as it used to be. That's a good point. Yeah, that's that could be a very true statement. But so anyway, as the 
as the majority of Americans, mm-hmm. we are so on the border of comfortable. Complacent. 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 We have we have what we absolutely need, plus mm-hmm. a few luxuries that we can avail ourselves of and often do. Yeah. And uh, we aren't forced to think about the ways that things can be better mm-hmm. because we're comfortable enough. We have a place to live, food to eat. We're immediately compared to other societies where this isn't available or accessible. Yep. Oh, yeah. People love that. People love comparing. Completely. How rich we are compared to the African nations or, you know, Southeast Asian nations. Sure, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we get... So you, you don't think it's possible because you don't think you could generate enough interest in a forcible yeah. removal of the government. We look at the examples that you brought up earlier of times when there was a revolution. The right. French Revolution is probably the most stark example of this where it, people didn't have food to eat. Right. And when you remove the ability of people to provide basic needs for themselves and their families... Mm-hmm you get an extreme reaction. Right. And that's what happened. And to a lesser extent, as far as the, as far as uh, being wronged, the American revolution, mm-hmm. but there was a group of people and it wasn't everyone. Right. There were some complacent people, mm-hmm. some outspoken complacent people who still supported the monarchy. Yeah. In being in charge of the colonies. But there was some very vocal, uh, maybe it was a majority over time. It became, Surprisingly, like I found an article that actually says it was only a third. That could have been. Yeah, that sure. You can you that. can you can isolate any revolution down to to three thirds, three separate groups of people. Mm-hmm. But are they one, always equal? One third, no. And it, this isn't like you can't quantify that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But one third revolutionaries, one third complacent, and one third status quo. That's that's the idea yeah. of what they're saying fueled the French Revolution. The the um, but things got so bad for the, the that the indifferent the indifferent third became revolutionary, mm-hmm. and that's where I think we're teetering greatly on the the fulcrum of that. I don't think we have a third of revolution. I think we're way more the the uh, the, the what would you call a, a division of three? That's not necessarily equal. A third is a so a third denotes like thirty three point third percent. Yes, mm-hmm. but a. If there's three slices of pie, sure, but one's you know, twenty twenty and sixty forty whatever. Yeah, right. Twenty and forty. I think we were we're on the, you know, the revolutionaries might be ten fifteen percent. Yeah, I mean they're they're few in number. Most people want to they're fine with the government the way it is. They just want to change a few things. Right, and I think that's I think that's where the 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 larger third mm-hmm. the larger slice of the pie is. That let's say like let's say it is sixty twenty and twenty, right? Twenty percent are the, let's call them violent resol- revolutionaries. Mm-hmm. I think there is a sixty percent of the population that is just revolutionary. They want to adjust they a couple of massive, things. Massive change. They want they want what would be translated as a massive change, but it's not violent. It's not an overthrow of the government. Mm-hmm. It's what kind of what I said earlier. It's it's a reinforcement of the ideals that our country was started on. And I think that term limits, restructuring the tax, mm-hmm. the tax structure, um, restructuring some accountabilities in election, the election process primarily. I think that's what almost every, it doesn't matter what party you're a part of. Everybody will tell you, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Green Party, everybody will tell you that the election system sucks in this country. Mm -hmm. And And the way politicians are elected sucks. And you're making a good point. That's never been more clear or more of an issue for for people Mm -hmm. than it is in this cycle because of the kind of candidates we've seen 
come out of the, the primary process. Well, and we're just watching more of the same, like the, the most abnormal of the candidates of the, let's call them primary candidates mm-hmm. is Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. I don't They're think, I don't think, I don't think Donald Trump, Donald Trump, while non-traditional, I don't think is, is different. He's just louder. Uh, I think he's, he's definitely a non-traditional candidate. And he, I agree he hasn't with you come, on that. He hasn't come up through the ranks of. I don't. Have we ever seen a, a business person elected to a high office like that? No, they almost We've always, seen an actor elected to the office of the president. Yeah, but he was a governor before. Sure. He had a political standing. He did resume, which yeah, we're not seeing now. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. This is probably the furthest a non-politician, a non-pre-existing politician, has ever gotten in the presidential race. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. But, but your, Bernie your Sanders Bernie doesn't is, have Bernie Sanders is a, a representative, senator. right? A sen- senator. senator. Yeah. So he's a career politician. He's been in politics a long time. Well, and that's but his, that, that, his that, views that, are are non traditional. Completely agree. And he wants he wants to make some drastic changes. He does, and I don't think he'll be allowed to because of the the checks and balances system we have in place as this country. He but, may not, but nonetheless, that's be, and be that as it may, the what. I suppose, like, back to the, the topic at hand is that... But what if everybody... Oh, sorry. No, the, get back to your point in a second. But what if... Uh, or would it be considered a revolution if some candidate... So Bernie Sanders' ideas are are on the radical side of what we're accustomed to seeing. Sure. But what if somebody were to come up through the ranks and say, you know what, our whole political system is, is wrong. Mm-hmm. We should rewrite the Constitution. We should get rid of this, this, this. And they presented a, a detailed plan of how they would completely restructure government and say everybody say he wins like he or she wins like an 85 percent of the popular vote because of the platform of governmental restructure sure that would be unheard of that would be unprecedented that would be revolutionary and so i listen to this podcast my friend steven does yeah yeah, i'm a friend even though i don't talk to him a whole heck of a lot (laughs) these days but we're both busy indeed he has he has one extra kid than i have Mm -hmm. and uh that makes for a very busy man uh but I listened to his podcast. I hope he listens to ours. Hello. He did comment he on did. ours one time. Yeah. Which is great. It's called Stephen Explains the News, and it's a great listen. It's very non-biased, although, yeah, it's very non-biased. I yeah. won't even qualify. He, he definitely strives not to take a side, and he looks at, he looks at the actual facts of news stories and, mm-hmm. and tries to break them down so you understand. Which is better than we can say for any corporate news that we have in yeah. this country. which I think is great it's very it's really refreshing insightful and, I'm sure. and he's freaking funny uh that probably adds to it have you listened to it no i know oh, it's, it's fantastic yeah he's really funny so I, I think they spend a lot of time a lot more time laughing than uh <laughs> as a percentage of of time spent on the podcast than we do oh. <laughs> we're kind of boring compared eh, comparatively i'm sure yeah but uh but it's it's awesome yeah it's a really great podcast and he uh he pointed out on a recent episode that our constitution has lasted longer than most constitutional governments agreed has and we've amended it and we've made some changes but uh he was referring to the situation in turkey where the the president pushed out the prime minister yeah and they're talking about a constitutional uh shift yeah the the president the term limit of the president is gonna is gonna likely to be changing yeah where it's gonna be indefinite as opposed to right a limit and i mean that's a huge major shift and i'm not saying that we should change our term limit i don't think anybody is no one wants not the, the presidential one no yeah however the like the, and that that's kind of what that like i'm kind of alluding to it i think i'm alluding to a similar 
a similar solution, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. which is that it's not like the same per se, but I don't think we need to rewrite the Constitution. I think we need to interpret it appropriately. Is that I think that there's a lot of intent behind it. Let's say redefine, not interpret. There's a lot of intent behind our current Constitution, which has lasted an inordinate amount of time mm-hmm. uh, as its single document. And like you said, we have amended it. We have even redefined it at times. But we, and like anybody, anybody who says it's the perfect document is stupid and uneducated and hasn't really read it. It. There's a lot of people who apparently haven't read it posting things on the internet. No kidding. <laughs> uh, it's public domain, people. Go read that. It's one of the shortest mm-hmm. things I can tell you to go read politically. Go read that. However, I do think that there needs to be some definition. It's like the idea, What's it, pretty much everything that's in the preamble ideologically is is there. It's just broken apart and defined after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that we would do well to, like you said, somebody could point by point go through our government, our current system, and present solutions. And it'd be great if 85% of the popular vote was afforded to that candidate, alleged candidate. However, would that candidate get elected under this system? Uh, well, it would depend on... Well, if you remove that, uh, there's still the electoral college problem. And that's my, that is my problem. And those are just... Some of them, are, they're just normal people too. Some of them. Most of them are not. Right. That's that's that, that's, that's, that's the that's fundamental real, that's basis of my problem, though, is that we live in you and I live in California. In California, no matter who I vote for personally, I and I will like I'm likely to vote vote libertarian based on the current status of the candidates, mm-hmm. current status. And I should say that I don't feel like not voting is an is a is a solution or is a choice. I think not voting means that you don't get to bitch about it at all. If you ever plan on complaining about the presidency, you better tell me who you voted for or tell me that you voted. If you didn't vote, I don't want to hear from you. If you voted Noted. for somebody that you knew was never going to get elected, that is still better than not voting. So that being said, I will like, I'm likely to vote libertarian. That does not matter in this state whatsoever. No matter what I do, no matter what I do, no matter what I've done in my lifetime as a voter, mm. as an adult voter, California has never taken my vote into account and elected the president, period. I'm sure they they said, uh, well, there's a couple libertarians, but we don't care, right? I mean, you're right. No, the but no, but wait, where where are the electoral college representative votes of California looking at the popular vote, going, well, 85 percent of the people voted for a Republican, we should vote that. They're supposed to. They're supposed to. When have they ever done that? I don't know. I don't have the history in front of me. I I don't either. I'm asking rhetorically. I'm saying that. It, it's not 85 percent. It's more Certainly likely like 45 or 50 percent. But then feel or appear that that the electoral college is voting representatively. Right. Because if we had, let, let's let just break it down to fundamentals. If we had two delegates for California and 45% of the population voted for a Republican candidate, how many of those two people would vote for the Republican candidate? How many should? Yeah. Well, I, at least one, you would think. If 45% of a vote went to one party, one of the two delegates should at the very least vote for that party, percentage-wise. Granted, you'd have to be rounding quite a bit, but then yeah. I think that further proves that the electoral college system is flawed inherently. It was set up in order to get the president, the presidency decided quicker. We have the ability to count the popular vote immediately. Yeah. Why are why are we even bothering with a representative vote? I think that came into focus in two thousand, when when they didn't match at all. Yeah, yeah completely. And that's that's the thing is it doesn't it doesn't matter who I would have wanted elected in the year two thousand or in the year. 2004 or 2008 it doesn't matter the point is is that the popular vote should be the only vote that's counted yeah 
Agreed. Because it, I understand what the idea of the Electoral College was hundreds of years ago. It made perfect sense then. We have full ability to count a vote, popular vote. We do count it, and we publish it almost immediately. But before those votes are before the popular votes even being announced in the West Coast, they're already announcing the Electoral College vote for that state. How is that possible? So is this if we change that, does that constitute a revolution in your mind? I I, I see, and that's it's a it's a it's a turn of phrase. I would think if the Electoral College disappears in our lifetime, it will be revolutionary to the way this country functions. Could be. I think it will be. Then we have more much more direct democracy. Completely. But and I think it's elect- a major, major, major flaw in our current system. We have the technology and the ability to count the popular vote. Why aren't we using those numbers? I mean, we've seen revolutions worldwide. Right. Repeatedly. In a number of Western cultures. Mm-hmm. And what is the, you know, we replace it with something and that might be good for a little while. Sure. But if you look at France and their rev- revolution, I mean, what do they have now that's any better than what they had before? I mean, I guess everybody's eating just fine. But that's sure. an improvement. Well, let, let's but let's go to the, the a good comparison for us at least is that okay? So we the thirteen colonies broke apart from British rule. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody adjacent to us that didn't? Uh, yeah, Canada. Sure. And how worse off are they? They're, a lot of people uh, yeah. are willing to flee to Canada because of our current political situation. So yeah, they have free healthcare and a lot sure. of higher taxes. And they don't fight wars in other countries. Like they, there's a lot of positive aspects to the way Canada is handled. Yeah, a lot of the things that we don't like about the United States. They might be they change. quote unquote more free than a lot of Americans. It could be. They have a pro marijuana uh, prime minister. Oh, hey. I think we'll see that <laughs> turn around in our lifetime anyway in in America. Yeah, but the popular opinion is definitely shifting on that. Completely. Anyway, we could go round and round and round and round and round about this for hours. Mm-hmm. So, what was the the uh, the one tyrant hundreds of miles away versus a hundred tyrants right next door or something. Oh, I don't know. It was in the Patriot, but the, yeah. you know, the movie, right. the Mel Gibson. Oh yeah, yeah. But somebody actually said that. I don't, I don't know who, but, but nonetheless, it's not a bad, it's not a bad, not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. So well, do, I mean, do we think this is ever going to be possible? Uh, it's, I mean, the, the definition is so tricky. I don't think even, even after all this, talking i don't know if we've uh, arrived at a suitable definition at least not for me i mean revolution a drastic sweeping governmental change systemic change i don't see that being possible i feel like it would be quelled pretty quickly yeah not not even by a dictator of a president or a dictator of mm-hmm. the military i think it would just be quelled by the people i think the people would not want i don't think people would be willing as willing nowadays to be it's not bad as enough. violently revolutionary as they were in the 1700s. Yeah, things aren't bad enough. And when we've seen governmental overthrows in this decade, mm-hmm. thinking of the Arab Spring, sure, mainly things were really bad. Yeah, they, they had they were overthrowing dictators uh, in many cases just over essential complete, life, yeah, issues, not complete, you know, social issues like we're mostly totalitarian about. governments. Right. Yeah, and and people were really. You know, the, a lot of strong opinions and, and feeling wronged for generations. Yeah. And we don't have that. We haven't gotten we, there yet. We might think that things are bad and getting worse, but... And they might get worse. And they'll have to if and, we're going to... If we're thinking revolution is the solution, yes, they will have to get Yeah. Before just, it gets better. We're just not there. No, Re- I agree. Revolution is worse than... The current least, situation. Yeah. Right. It's the, the lesser of two evils is status quo. Mm-hmm. Right and now. I think, put on my foil hat here for a second. Sure, let's hear it. I think the ruling class has figured out that balance between... Oh, I uh, agree. You know, uh, keeping people satiated and uh, and letting them slip over the line to... Right. Uh, and also getting 
you know, to a place where I don't know, you know, we're not, we're not able to accumulate wealth like the wealthiest, right? Top, top cream of the crop, but we're also not, you know, living in squalor. Well, so we have I, no, I mean, we're comfortable there, enough. Well, your, your, your conspiracy theorist <laughs> foil hat wearing thing is that we're being lulled into a sense of complacency. Right. It's, uh, it's 1984. Yeah, completely. The proles. Yeah. You know, give them what they want. Just give them, give them entertainment. Just placate them. Enough distraction to keep them not Just, focused yeah. on the issue. Yep. And I think, to put on my own foil hat, I do think that there's a lot of safeties being implemented to prevent the easy access to a revolution. I think that... You're things, not going to talk about gun control. I am ab- about to talk about gun control. I think that a lot of gun control laws are being set in place, and they're being set in place, as you say, uh, to slowly to keep everybody placated, but not to fully allow freedom, full freedom with it. Well, in a lot of the, the cases of the Arab Spring nations, uh, maybe mostly, notably Egypt, mm-hmm. it was the military that ousted the government. And so I don't know if, I mean, we always look at the American Revolution and it was the farmers with their guns that right. that overthrew Britain, but mostly it was actually really France probably. Yeah, completely. And, uh, and uh, The French military, no less. Yeah. Being hired as mercenaries, however. And that. we took advantage of their, their pre-existing feud. Yes. With Britain. Completely. And Britain's weakness over having, you know, subsequent... But there uh, are many... Wars, th- you know, wars just prior... Sure, but there are many there are many countries that have a problem with America now that the mm-hmm. quote the current quote unquote American farmer could employ the that hatred. Well, I'm not saying I'm but saying that. But I think the that, bill we'd have to pay, and I don't mean monetarily, the bill we'd have to yeah. pay to a country to help us overthrow the American to help the American people overthrow the American government would be such a great price that it wouldn't be worth it. Well, at this point, the government's not so corrupt that the military is going to feel that it has to step in. Right. So the military is still the, uh, the it's still part of the government, right? So and, and citizens, you no matter how well armed, are not gonna. It would take the military to overthrow the government at this point. Yes, and we, we as citizens, no matter, and we're not, we're never gonna be allowed to go buy tanks and the kind of artillery we would need. No, but the police departments can. Well, police departments are part of government too. Exactly. I and I think it like the irony is is they may be they very well may be uh, I don't know empowering providing the weapons to the very thing that's going to overthrow them eventually. They may be. Maybe. But like, it's restricting it's citizens from buying automatic weapons sure. is not, that's not what's keeping us no. from overthrowing. From revolting. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's it. I think that's the most we got. Like, because ultimately we could, we can go back and forth about this for days, yeah. years even. I mean, it, ultimately to answer our initial question of is violent revolution possible right now? No, not in, not in the United States. Not in the United States. And, I don't. I don't see it even close. No, I no. I don't. I don't necessarily think it'll be in our lifetime unless somebody teeters well over that line. Yeah, and it's so blatant that it can't be ignored. Yeah, things would have to get really bad, really fast. I mean, and we're not talking like human rights, like no. what bathroom you're allowed to use. We're talking no. like yeah, you can't eat because right. you don't have enough money. You can't earn enough money to buy right. the food you. Or need. the food's just not there. Or the food's just not there. Or the water's not there. Right now, that's a situation that could become dire absolutely especially in our state which we've talked about yeah i've talked about that so anyway hearkening back to several previous episodes on this episode completely i think uh we didn't discuss we didn't get into it but uh our one of our guests joey yeah had a, a really intriguing idea about uh, governmental shift yeah and change 
in the USA breakup or US breakup episodes. Right. End of season done. one, yeah. It was the last episode of season one. Yeah. I'll go look that up if you're interested. Right. That was a two-parter. Yeah. And I mean, things have changed quite a bit. It's been two years, two years since that episode aired. I guess it was about. Yeah. I don't remember the exact date. No, it was. Which is unfortunate. 2014. That's, that's the only way you can look up things in our blog. Right. By date. Yes. That's something I'd like to fix. I think we can. We can tag things. We can look things up by tags. Cool. Let's let's do something. I think we're gonna spend the the, the break, the season break, cleaning up, the cleaning blog, up quite a bit of our cleaning up the, our discontinuities amongst seasons one through three. So these these last two episodes, particularly, and the the last three, kind of generally, I guess. Yeah, have been more political. Well, I guess Smellovision wasn't all that political, but and entropy didn't enter into these two as much as I thought it would. No, interestingly enough, but. I think the principle applies that in a in a closed system that things are are tending towards uh, decay. Yeah. But my my point was going to be to refute that. Maybe we'll just I don't know. Maybe we'll just make that. Maybe that's a whole separate topic altogether. Second law of thermodynamics. Uh, and there's a lot of differing opinion on second law. Completely. And whether or not it's an actual law. I was trying to find it to some you know find it to uh, find something to apply it to, but maybe we just deal with it on its own someday. Maybe. So, that being said, this this is the last episode of June. We're nearing the end Besides of the season. The, re- the review. There's going to be the review. Yeah, there's the review, obviously. This is the last, like, core episode of June. So, the next episode you hear after this will be the review for June 2016. But what is yeah. the next topic in July? Do you... I would have to look that up. I'll look it up for you. It's organic so, electronics. Ooh. So we've kind back of, to... Back to the technology. Something we don't have to feel like we're stepping on eggshells. Right. <laughs> which we've had to do for the last two months now. I'm very happy yeah, to be done done with these topics. <laughs> much more political than we ever really intended to be. Right, completely more political than we ever intended to be. But that's that's what we'll be covering then. And that, like, next next month, July, marks the end of season three. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. We were able to, I mean, we've got another three episodes to air, but we, we were able to keep an episode of a week coming out. That was awesome we've met our goal almost we're so close we cannot break apart now yeah let's do it let's press on yeah press on through the end come home jimmy let's do season four yeah season four anyway we will uh we will talk to you next week with the overview episode thanks for listening thanks for joining us today visit impossiblethingspodcast.com to interact with the guys on twitter facebook and email questions topic suggestions corrections and rants are always welcome also find more episodes and see sources referenced in today's discussion impossiblethingspodcast.com for all things impossible